if you if you remember Jesus, Jesus, there were a lot of people who come, came to Jesus, right? If you remember uh, the multiplication of the bread, you know, the Bible records as 5,000 men, right? Think about it, 5,000 people, just men, right? With the children and the women, probably 20,000, 15,000. So there are a lot of people who came to Jesus. But among those people, there were a group of people whom he called disciples. Are you hearing me? So Jesus, they were, you know, when, when the meeting of Jesus was going on, there were people, they were like, where are you going? And they would say, you know, come and see. There's a rabbi in town. Come and see. There's somebody in town. They, they're doing a meeting, you know. He's, he speaks well, seems like it. He speaks well. There's a rabbi in town, come and see. So these people went to listen to this rabbi who was reputed, who, you know, there was this reputation about him that he was healing sick people. And the words that was coming out of his mouth, even though they were just stories and parables, there was something more deeper. Right? So this crowd came to see. Come and see. And if you've been part of Lighthouse, okay, You've been in that phase where we asked you, come and see. There's no commitment. There's no baggage. There's no strings attached. Just come and see. Come and see if you like. So whenever people come and say, you know, I want to be part of Lighthouse, I just tell them, come and see. Come and see. Come and see if it resonates with you. Come and see if the message, you know, really speaks to you. Come and see if this is where your calling has been aligned with the calling of the community, of the church. Come and see. But there were some among those crowd whom Jesus called his disciples. And those disciples would not come and see. He said, come and follow. It's a greater commitment. Please understand this. So if you are here is because somewhere we feel as leaders that we have to up your commitment from come and see to come and follow. We believe in you. We believe in you that you have everything that it takes to move from just come and see, just being a spectator, to coming and following, to become a disciple, to become a disciple of Jesus. See, Matthew chapter 28, Jesus says like this, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations. Do you want to know the vision of Lighthouse? It is to make disciples of all nations. Nations. Look at one another and just, I'm saying, look at yourself, okay? I am a disciple of Jesus so that I can make disciples of all nations. Nations will become your disciples. Think about it. Think about the mandate that is upon our shoulders. See, don't don't limit God with what you're seeing right now in the physical. Even though the church is small, the vision is big. Are you hearing me? See, even what you're seeing right now started in a small room. Started in a small room where there was no one. Okay, why? Because the vision was great. Can I tell you something? In 2014, you know, our story is we started as a Bible study, right? Because I was, I used to meet a friend on Wednesday and, uh, you know, I was teaching her keyboards and she was like, you know, anyway, since we are meeting, why don't we pray, pray 
and you know call the people who are nearby and you know we'll just pray so i called up jaren because he was living nearby i thought he was living nearby but he was traveling one hour away right i would call jaren dennis and all of these guys would come and we would pray every wednesday we would just meet and pray it was just a casual meet you know friends coming together and meeting there was no agenda there was no you know thinking oh you know one day we'll start a church nothing we just wanted to come and pray and then eventually one of them said hey sam you know why, why don't you share something from god's word and i said i haven't i haven't ever done this okay uh, the maximum that i can speak is 5 minutes after preparing for 2 hours that's the maximum i can do but let me see let me try so i took ephesians chapter 1 okay ephesians chapter 1 read verse 3 and shared something and that day i was like man this this something in me that is flowing okay see it started from there i'll tell you something we were in that room for one year and people got started bringing people okay when i would preach when i would teach god's word i i would see their faces nobody understood anything i'm serious nobody understood anything but there was this fire that was burning in me i was like you are chosen by god do you know that you're chosen by god and everybody is like pata nahi kya bol raha If this is not what we learned in our church what we are learning is so contrary to what you are speaking what is this god's love unconditional yeah god is love but god is wrath also how do you are you hearing me okay i'm saying ephesians we took one and a half years to complete ephesians okay almost two years right we are still a bible study people everybody coming from different churches coming together we loved the journey my goodness it was amazing it was amazing there was growth there was growth but i knew in my heart as the lord was leading me i knew it when people started flowing i knew it where god was leading it i just knew it but i was too afraid to speak it out because all the people who are journeying with me are going to other churches i was so afraid <laughs> because i know the day i say hey i'm going to start this as a church i want to start as you know i want to start a church i know i'm going to lose most of these people because these were leaders from different churches okay so it was a very slow journey okay because of my heart <laughs> i was afraid anyways so where were we why why are we talking about this come and see so what i'm talking about the vision the vision is big The vision that the Lord has given us is to make an impact in all the nations. Can I tell you something? Lighthouse, please don't limit Lighthouse to be a community because if you limit Lighthouse to to be a community, we will we will be limited in the city. Are you hearing me? Lighthouse is not a community. I am I'm studying churches, okay? I'm going through church history, studying churches, how churches function and all of that. And I've seen every time we limit ourselves you know we are a malayali community we need a church for ourselves my goodness we have lost the vision of god's kingdom church is to establish god's kingdom come on say with me church is to establish god's kingdom and god's kingdom is to disciple nations nations i'm saying anything that's happening out in the world anything ukraine russia tell me more problems china Pakistan I'm saying any problem that's happening out there leave aside these issues I'm talking about homosexuality 
issues with sexuality any any issues that is happening out there is because the church has not stood up and has taken responsibility we are thinking somebody else will do it we are thinking one day jesus will come and he will do it i'm saying how is what we are believing how is it different from the disciples who just believe that one day jesus when will you come to restore the earth how how is that different from what what the disciples were believing and jesus stayed with them like trying to change their mind and then finally he's like okay you know what when the holy spirit will come he'll teach you all things the kingdom of god is at hand okay we are the kingdom we are not a community can a community be formed out of this yes but that's not the reason why we are here can relationships be formed out of this yes but that's not the reason why we are here can can we become like family yes but that's not the reason why we are here we are here to establish god's kingdom i want you to get that right okay if we are disciples of jesus we are disciples of jesus to establish god's kingdom establish god's kingdom can i share a little bit about what it means to be a disciple a disciple is not somebody who is just a student okay a disciple is not just a a disciple is somebody at the age of 15 this is this is what used to happen in the jewish culture at the age of 15 somebody who has finished their primary education who has finished their college education at the age of 15 if they were qualified enough they would go to these rabbis rabbis were not ordinary teachers they were special teachers they were special teachers they were they were teachers seen as ordained by god they were special teachers okay so these kids who were 15 years old who were educated right who were qualified they would go to these rabbis and they would see okay this rabbi is there that rabbi is there okay i want to be a disciple of this rabbi why because a disciple does not means to be a student a disciple means to become exactly like the rabbi to become exactly like the disciple means to be become exactly like the rabbi not just to learn something and then just do it as i want to do it in my life acha maine ye le liye wo le liye ye mujhe pasand nahi aaya nahi nahi you take everything so that you can embrace it and you want to become exactly like the rabbi you know what they say is that the disciples walk so close with the rabbi that the dust that comes out of their sandals falls on their face that's how close they walk with the rabbi they say that the disciples would always be alarmed especially in the night if the rabbi wakes up they also wake up oh rabbi woke up why because they want to observe every single detail that the rabbi is doing it's a joke like a joke they would say that when rabbi would go out for you know washroom they would stand outside the washroom just to hear if the rabbi was making a special prayer or not are you getting what i'm saying see they would follow the rabbi so intensely so intensely because they were consumed by a passion to become like him 
it was not convenience it was not something oh yeah meaning yeah he's good yeah it's okay you know i i i can take partly i can partake of his nature partly no no they were consumed by a passion that i want to become exactly like him so everything that he does i i want to imitate him i want to express like him are you hearing me so when these disciples would go to rabbi and say hey rabbi can i become your disciple the rabbi would take a test you know like entrance exams they will take a test tell me what is genesis 28 verse 2 and they would answer okay tell me what does isaiah 43 18 mean you know so they would take tests only if the rabbi was satisfied will he say okay i i can take you as my disciple from the age of 15 till they are 30 they are with the rabbi 15 years think about it we are here talking about people can't stay in churches for 2 years i'm saying in that culture they used to be disciples for 15 years and then finally when they were when the rabbi felt in his heart that you know he has it he would release them that's when that disciple becomes a rabbi not every disciple becomes a rabbi also please understand that and there are so many disciples who in this journey who are not able to do it they'll all go back do their business whatever they they are supposed to do like their family business are you hearing what i'm saying so that's the meaning of disciple to be consumed with a passion to become exactly like the rabbi now when we are talking about lighthouse rabbi sam sam is not the rabbi we are talking about jesus to become a disciple of jesus is to be consumed with a passion to become exactly like him to be consumed in your day in your night in the things that you do in the relationships that you have in the words that you speak to be consumed with a passion to become like him yes you might fall yes you might make mistakes you know yes you might go here and there and stumble but it's okay but you still there's a passion inside of you you're consumed by a fire to become like jesus you know what's the beauty in the jewish culture the beauty is the disciple would come to the rabbi and they will say can you take me as a disciple and the rabbi would do exams right but but jesus he looks at his disciples and say you did not choose me i chose you you did not choose me but i chose you think about it there's a shift that's happened and jesus is telling some of you today you did not choose me you thought you chose me you thought by coming to church by giving your tithe by giving your offering by reading the bible by praying you thought you chose me no but i chose you i chose you what is jesus trying to say jesus is trying to say Hey Peter, hey John, yes you are fisherman but let me tell you I chose you what does that mean that means I see in you that you have everything that it takes to become like me So when Jesus says I choose you in Ephesians 1 verse 4 says you are chosen before the foundations of the world what God is saying is Alvin I choose you because I believe in you that you have everything that it takes to become like me on this earth. You have everything that it takes. God is telling each and every one of you, "Hey, I chose you because you have everything that it takes to become like me. To become like me, to represent me as my son, 
to represent me correctly as my son. Amen. <laughs> that journey of discipleship requires commitment. It requires commitment. You can't go to gym, be a spectator, and expect your biceps to grow, right? There's a commitment. There's a commitment in terms of diet. There's a commitment in terms of time that you commit to. There's a commitment. And the only commitment that I'm asking at this stage, because this stage is the comment, follow. You have moved from comment C to comment, follow. Let me tell you, there's another stage which I'm not sharing right now. There's another stage which I will share later as you mature, which is come and die. But not now. Right now, the stage is come and follow. In the stage of come and follow, there's one commitment that as the pastor of Lighthouse, I expect from you. One commitment. It's not your money. It's nothing that you can offer. The commitment is to participate fully in receiving God's word. To participate fully. You are not here for relationships. You're not here for community. You're not here for love. You're not here for to feel accepted. Oh, the, you know, I'm, I'm feeling accepted. That's why I'm going to this community. Please, you're not here for that. You're here for God's word. If that's not the reason why you're here, I'm telling you, you'll be disappointed sooner or later. It is God's word that holds communities together. It is God's word that holds families together. Not the other way around. Can community, can you have a community here? Of course. Can you have some business, you know, clients meet here? Of course. You can have some economy going on. Of course. But that's not the reason why we are here. We are here for God's word. As long as your focus is right on God's word, everything is aligned. If your focus is God's word, if somebody offends you, you don't get, uh, I don't leave the church because that person offended me. Your focus should be God's word. Primary focus is God's word. And that's my only expectation from you. Anytime as a leader, I see you disarraying from that focus, I'll come and tell you, hey, how's it going? <laughs> What's happening? Amen? Your focus is God's word. See, as Lighthouse, can I say this? I judge my life based on five parameters. And I judge everybody's life based on that, okay? The first one is your spiritual relationship with God, which is your identity. What is it? Your spiritual relationship with God, which is your identity. The second one is your emotional life. How are your emotions? I am very poor at it. How are your emotions, okay? The third one is your physical life, your health. How's your body doing? How healthy is it? Are you active? Or are you lazy? You know, uh, are you careful with your diet or, you know, you're just eating whatever, right? Because even eating whatever is a heart issue. Do you know that? Okay, I'll talk about it later. Physical body. What's the fourth one? Relationships. How healthy are your relationships? How good are you relationally? Fifth one is finances. All five of them matter. Okay? You cannot neglect one, even one of them. 
you need all five of them to be in balance to have a healthy body okay what's the first one spiritual second one emotional third one physical fourth one relational fifth one finances now all of these five things will only be in balance when the spiritual one is in priority you have to get it right if the spiritual one is not in priority yeah everything else is fine finances is fine relationship is fine my goodness if this is priority and you are concerned meaning you are reflecting on the other four then everything goes together do you know what's disease a disease is whenever there's an imbalance in the body as long as the body is balanced there's health and a healthy body will always grow you don't tell the kid grow 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 confess the word no a healthy body will always grow a healthy body just needs to be balanced theek hai okay now i'll just read couple of scriptures because that is what i'm supposed to do so uh <laughs> turn with me to hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 Hebrews 13 verse 17 I wish somebody else would read this verse but anyways obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your soul see this is so powerful so powerful when you obey and you submit to your leaders understand that they they are like security guards over your soul anything that is there to harm you it has to go through them first right they are there to watch over your soul as those who will have to give an account do you know when god asks an account of your life he will ask me first do you know that that's why when god comes in the garden whom does he ask first he asks adam adam did you sin he asks adam first why because the authority was given to him do you know how adam lost his authority how adam lost his authority the authority was given to adam right how does devil has the authority when we see luke chapter 4 devil says to jesus if you bow down i will give you all my authority i will give you the earth how did devil have the authority when adam had the authority you know what adam did was he blamed eve when he blames eve whenever you blame you give up your authority So when people when God asks me an account I can't blame you. Are you getting what I'm saying? I have to take responsibility because that is who I am called to be to be responsible over your life to watch over your life. When Adam blamed Eve Eve got the authority. The authority was on Eve, right? And God said, "Eve, have you seen that serpent? What happened? The authority went to the serpent. The serpent did not blame anybody. He was smart. He shut up. you know we give up our authority whenever we blame people it's easy to blame why aren't you not coming to church that pastor we are always ready to blame right what are we doing we are giving up the authority and the responsibility that god has blessed us with so when god asks me an account why is that person what's happening in their person's life if i just say i don't know alvin doesn't pray i how can, i i can't do that you getting what i'm saying you understand the weight of god's responsibility on my shoulders but how does that happen it happens obey your leaders and submit to them 
see i can't i i can't be a boss over you and say hey you know submit to me oh no we are, we are called to be servant leaders we are not servants we are called to be servant leaders as servant leaders we can only we can only become an example in front of you so that through our examples as you see us submitting to the people who are above us you also submit to us because you see man his life is blessed because submission you know the beauty of submission it takes away the responsibility of your life from your life to back yourself up see a police officer when he says this everybody stops right why because there's an authority that is backing him up because of the submission that he has to that authority so when you submit to an authority you're not standing there alone there's an authority that is backing you up and as i am submitting to the authority that i'm submitted to there's an authority that is backing me up please understand that so when i'm speaking i'm not just speaking of my own authority there's an authority that's backing me up there's a huge authority that you probably don't see submission is beautiful when you submit there are people who can watch over your life who are trained to do that who are expert ninjas fighting <laughs> trained for that trained spiritually for that okay got it one more verse matthew chapter 16 verse 17 to 19 Matthew chapter 16 17 to 19 and Jesus answered him blessed are you Simon bar Jonah which means son of Jonah for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven what happened Jesus just asked who who do you think people are and some said you know you are Elijah the prophet you are you know this and that and Jesus asked Peter what do you think who do you think i am and peter said you are the son of god and jesus say flesh and blood has not revealed this to you this did not come because of your logical natural mind because only the spiritual mind can understand spiritual things so if you have understood a spiritual reality it is because the holy spirit has revealed this to you so if you are here and you are understanding my goodness it is the holy spirit that is revealing this to you if you're not understanding let's talk later <laughs> okay it's the holy spirit that can reveal to you spiritual things right now what does he say he says and i tell you you are peter and on this rock i will build my church church belongs to jesus and it is jesus who will build his church anything can happen in the church the church can be weak the church can be going through divisions and you know uh, financial issues and economical problems anything can happen but at the end of the day you should remember it is jesus who is building the church that's why i you know if if you know me for the last couple of months i've been very vocal about telling never say any word against any other church also because all the churches are built by jesus all the church it's not just lighthouse yeah do, do you make sense of what is happening no that's fine but don't speak a word against it because it's jesus who is building the church there's no such thing as a dead church please never call any church dead because what jesus creates cannot be dead okay so jesus says i will build my church i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it 
the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Think about this. When a fight is happening, uh, there's one that is defending and there's one that is attacking. Right now, Russia is attacking and Ukraine is defending. Depending on the gates of Ukraine, how strong they are, okay, uh, it will define how, how much impact they can make against the attack of their enemy. So it's the gates, it's the walls that is protecting them. It's a defense system. So gates are defense. Gates is not attack. You never use, you never go fighting with a gate, right? You, you always use gates as defense, right? So when it says the gates of hell shall not prevail, think about who is attacking, who is defending. See, we are not, church is not a defending institution. Okay? Church is not a defending, oh, that demon, that demon, oh, oh that place, oh, so, stronghold of demon. Church is not a defending institution. Church is an attacking institution. We, any place we go, God told Joshua, whatever place that you step onto, that is yours. Any place that we take dominion over, that is ours. Why? Because this, this is not a defending kingdom. We are an attacking kingdom. We are like the East that can infect the entire world. That is what we are called for. We are not on the defense. We are on the attack. And that's why there's so much of resistance. Why? Because we are on the attack. We are bringing the kingdom of God down. Jesus, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, let your will be done. And let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. We are his kingdom. In fact, this is not our territory. This is, this is somebody else's territory. We are just claiming it for the name of Jesus. That's why there's so much of resistance. We are not on the defense. You have to understand whom you're representing. You have to understand the authority that is backing you. The entire authority of heaven is backing you. We're not defending. We're not weak. We're attacking. We're on the offense. And for 2,000 years, if the church of God has sustained, let me tell you this, the church of God has only grown and has got bigger and better and better and better and stronger. Psalm 310 verse 1 says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. We are not fighting the same enemies that the church fought 2,000 years ago because they have being brought under the footstool of Jesus. Amen. The enemies that we are fighting are new enemies. That They are stronger enemies. As we grow in our maturity, as the church grows in the maturity, as the body of Christ grows in the maturity, we are fighting bigger enemies. We're not the same, we're not the same church that was 2,000 years ago. You know, we always talk about, we should be like the first century church. Are they our Bible Pado, first century church was also imperfect. They also had problems. They had sexual immorality. They had financial issues. Every problem that you can think of, they also had. They're not a perfect church. But Jesus said, I will build my church. That means for 2,000 years ago, if Jesus is building his church, we are not at the same level as we began. They're definitely not. And, and I believe that the Spirit is impressing upon us. The Spirit is impressing upon us. Will you be that generation that sees the kingdom of God being established on this earth? Not in glimpses, but will you be that generation that will invoke the kingdom of God, that will you know, completely influence media, completely influence 
politics influence the laws, the legislative influence them and establish the kingdom of God. See, when Jesus is saying Matthew 16, he says, I will build my church. Where did the concept of church come? Because the concept of church, as we see, came in the Acts of Apostles, right? So when Jesus was talking about church, what did he mean? First church, when did it happen? Acts of Apostles. So what was he talking about when he said, I will build my church? Church ka concept hi pata to kaise pata lagaya when he defined, I will build my church. What was he trying to say? Church comes from the Greek word ecclesia. And ecclesia is a Roman Greek concept. It's not a Christian concept. It's a Roman Greek concept, which means the legislative assembly that decides the laws of the land, that decides on what needs to happen in this place. It's a legislative assembly. So when we limit church to just a community, we're just limiting church to that stature where church is called to be the legislative assembly of God's kingdom on earth. You decide what needs to happen because the authority of God is backing you up. Okay? So just giving a broader vision of the church, that's a broader vision of the church. Right? We'll get into more specifics in some time. My heart's desire is, I know in one meeting, everything can't be taught, everything can't be shared. And most of these things are caught. They cannot be taught, right? So we believe that in every four months, we'll do such meetings exclusively for us, also to get to know each other where we are at, you know, where we are in the journey, but also to understand where is the church going? Where's the body of Christ moving? Okay, are you here with me? Okay. Uh, I'm almost done, okay, guys? So don't worry. Um, so that is why we are here in the body of Christ. Uh, you know, Jesus said, you don't need any teacher to teach you. The anointing, First John, the anointing that is in you will teach you all things. But then he gave teachers. Then he gave apostles. He gave prophets, he gave pastors, and he gave evangelists. Okay? So, please understand. Yes, can you hear from God directly? Yes. But somehow, God has made a system where we also hear from God and also we also hear from the man of God that God has placed in our lives. Are you hearing me? Because you need both. Anytime you go into one extreme, you go into error. So you need both. You somehow need to create a balance between hearing God personally and also hearing God from the body that you are submitted to. Okay? So what's the only commitment that we expect from you is to participate and to value the word of God that comes from this body. Because if you believe that you are part of this body called Lighthouse, which is the local body of the universal body of Christ, if you believe that that's where you are connected to, then this word that comes is the most important word. Because, see, it's like, I love Bill Johnson. I love Pastor, I'm thinking of Pastor, Pastor David Yongicho, uh, Andrew, Uma. I love all of these guys. But please understand, oh, to the other side, I love 
Man, I'm forgetting names. <laughs> I love R.C. Sproul. I love all of these guys. But see, if you take a seed on Sunday and you put it in the ground and you take another seed and put it in the ground and you take another seed and you put it in the ground, what is going to happen? Nothing is going to grow. They're going to choke each other. But when you prioritize God's word, that this word that comes from this church is my bread, then everything else that you listen, I'm not saying don't listen to everybody, but what I'm saying is prioritize. When you prioritize that this word is my primary word because this is the body that I'm connected to. I want to be, I want to know what God is doing in this family, right? So this, when you prioritize that word, everything else that you listen to points to that journey. It's not chaotic. Otherwise, Sunday you're listening on finances, Monday you're listening on relationships, Tuesday you're listening on breakups. You understand what I'm saying? Right? It just messes up your mind. So when you prioritize, this is the body that I'm connected to, and there's something unique that God is doing. Can I tell you one thing? A new person walks in and becomes part of the body. God, God's revelation, you know, in that sense, lightens up more because they have brought in a new dimension of God. So please understand, your participation matters. It does matter. It does matter. It's not just, you know, me sitting and praying and Lord, what should I speak? What should I speak? I do that. But it is also about when you come with prepared hearts, you're bringing in a dimension of God that is spoken through me. Yes, I am the vessel. Yes, I am the mouthpiece. But it also requires your participation of your heart. And as you do that, I'm telling you, this church will grow. It, it cannot... How can it not grow? It will grow. It will grow. Ashish was telling me in the morning, the, the annual income of the church has become a monthly income. Okay? I'm just saying, it will grow. It has to grow. You know why? Because Jesus is building his church. Now, why I take finances is because finances are very easy to, you know, judge. It's very difficult to judge spiritual growth. Easy to judge finances and physical health. And they are a reflection of what is happening in the spiritual. Okay? So the only commitment that we ask from you is please participate in God's word. Now, the responsibility over your shoulders is you have to find your own community. What do I mean by that? The pastor... You cannot outsource your spiritual growth to your pastor. Are you hearing me? See, the pastor is watching over your soul. The pastor is bringing God's word. That is the pastor's responsibility. But your spiritual growth is your responsibility. So if you need a community to grow, you have to find your community in Lighthouse. You cannot wait for pastor to assign you some people and be like, Oh, Ashish, Alvin... Uh, Kajal, Blessy, this is your community, now grow. You can't do that. You have to find your community. You have to find your people here. Are you hearing me? See, I believe there are three kinds of people that you need in your life. Okay? Three kinds of people. One is Paul, whom you are submitted to. One is Barnabas, who walks with you. One is Timothy, whom you are investing your life in. If you have these three kinds of people, your life will be in balance. Paul, Barnabas, Timothy. How you find these three people, I don't know. You have to do it. It's your life. It's your spiritual life. I can't get too involved in your 
that decision of yours. If you come to me, I can probably advise you, but at the end of the day, it's your decision. You have to choose this. Okay, got it? Is that clear? Find your community. That's your responsibility. Prioritize God's word. That's the only commitment that we seek from you. That's the only commitment. Nothing else.